Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is uh, Sunday, the 29th of October, 2017. It's uh, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week, and we got a couple things here to mention. First, I have a bandana on from my dear friend Arlene, who's up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it's got little bow-wows and rough-ruffs all over it, because uh, she, uh, she wrote a letter, which was from a dog talking to other dogs, and it was very cute. Anyway, um, uh, and I didn't know who it was at first. She didn't put her name or anything on it, and so it was a dog talking to other dogs, and uh, so I actually had to say, was that you that sent this? But uh, anyway, um, thank you very much for that, Arlene. And we also have um, uh, a reminder for everybody, in church and out of church, and I almost hate to do this because by doing it, um, you will show up at the regular time instead of coming an hour early. But next week is the fallback, okay? Don't forget to change your daylight saving time. It's a spring forward fallback. So you're going to turn your clock back an hour, which means you get an extra hour of sleep. But it also means that there is absolutely no excuse for coming to church late or not coming at all because you will be well-rested. People online, same thing. Don't you miss it, okay? And uh, so don't forget that. That's next week, and uh, it's not as important as the uh, spring one because if you don't tell people, they start showing up like in the middle of the sermon, you're about to say amen and close. So uh, anyway, um, let's see here. I have somebody to highlight this week, and uh, what a precious person. I mean, what an absolutely precious person. She says, I'm Taya of California, but I grew up in the Philippine Islands. She was raised Catholic all her life and went to an exclusive school for girls run by Jesuit nuns from elementary to high school. She became a born-again Christian in 1995. My elder brother, who was a born-again Christian, would play Don Moen worship songs all day on loudspeakers for the whole neighborhood to hear. I would yell, stop it! But one day the Holy Spirit moved me and I cried in my room, asked God to forgive me and asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'll never forget the day, that day and the days and weeks that followed. I had so much hunger for God's word and spent sleepless nights reading the Bible. I couldn't stop reading. I thought I was literally going to explode. And boy, do I know that feeling. Man, when I met the Lord 10 hours a day, seven days a week, I read the Bible. And I did that for two years. Most wonderful time of my life because I had a business and, you know, unless somebody came in, I was reading the Bible, and when they would come in, I'd hear that ding, ding, ding on the door. I'd be like, please don't come in. You know, we'll make money some other way. I want to read this book. But uh, let's see here. Um, She said, uh, that was the first time I ever read the Bible. To this day, I still have that hunger for his word, and God has so much more to reveal to me and to us. Thank you, Jesus. Where would I be if you hadn't saved me? I was stubborn, proud, lost, and was making so many bad decisions in my life. She worked as a broadcaster, newscaster for a big radio and TV network in the Philippine Islands for many years, but failed, never got the promotion I was hoping for. When I came to the United States in 01, I decided to become a photographer and in no time was shooting $200,000 weddings and uh, high-end celebrity events in Hollywood, but I had to slow down due to health issues. I believe that the Lord our God has a way of stopping us and redirecting our lives to where he wants us to be. 
I had a long list of trial and errors in my life, but every time I feel I can't go on, I say, thank you, Lord, for the experience and opportunity. What's next? I'm here. So here I am, my Lord Jesus Christ. Stay with me. Never give up on me. Lead me to where you want me to be. So that's her testimony, and uh, this is, I mentioned her before, not in a highlight, but uh, she is a person that's on Facebook, and she just is Jesus all day long. That's all you get out of her, and uh, she just is Jesus, 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 and then she throws in these political things. They're very conservative, but she always ties in Jesus somewhere. But she's also the person that um, did the gray shirts that I mentioned before. And the reason why I highlighted her now is because I love to help her out with promoting these shirts. They're very comfortable, and um, she uh, it's almost Christmas time. And I thought, what a thing if people would order these shirts and give them to other people for Christmas. And it's not just the uh, Grace Cross. She's got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of shirts, and she's got other things that she has designed personally. And uh, you can get them on her website, which is mcharlie.com. And I'll put that behind me on the uh, screen when I do the update. But... Uh, Every single person in the church right now is wearing a Grace Cross shirt. So we'll get a picture of that, of all of you together, and uh, we will uh, put that up on the uh, highlight on the Prophecy Update for everybody to see, because uh, pretty wonderful to see all these smiling faces with their Grace Crosses on. And uh, one more just walked in the door, and she's got a Grace Cross on. So how did this happen? Everybody just knew to wear the same shirt today or something? Wow, this is just wonderful. Okay, so we have, um, let's see here, our first category, as always, is uh, Israel. And uh, from uh, before I get into uh, any of the articles, I want to tell you that on November 2nd, which is just, what, four days away? On November 2nd, the Balfour Declaration, which gave Israel the right to the land that they were in, will be 100 years old. It was November 2nd. 1917 that the Balfour Declaration was signed and it was put into uh, practice. And, you know, the original mandate for this land, for the Jewish people, was not the land that they have today. It encompassed all of Jordan. It was very large. It was a giant piece of land that was given to them. Okay, and then that was parceled up and it was whittled down into this teeny little sliver of land that they were given. And uh, if you know the history, they were attacked in 1948 when they were established as a nation. Every Muslim nation on the planet declared war against them and they defeated the enemies at that time. There are some very miraculous stories that came out of that war. And then in, uh, they were again attacked in 1967. Uh, they uh, went out and they uh, obtained the Golan Heights and some other areas. They uh, won the entire Sinai Peninsula, okay, and then they gave that back as an offering of peace to uh, Egypt. But once again, very miraculous things occurred during that time. I am a firm believer that God has placed Israel in the land for his sovereign purposes. Yom Kippur War, they were almost defeated. And once again, miracle upon miracle occurred and they won that battle as well. They've got all of their enemies against them and yet they have survived and Israel will survive. Um, but uh, if you want to know about the Balfour Declaration, go onto Wikipedia or some site and you can read all about it. You can read all of the information. You can see that uh, um, it is a historic document which will now be 100 years old. And there are all kinds of other things that are happening within the next few days which align with that as well and other things in Christianity. So we got a couple neat things to highlight on the uh, update today. But our first uh, article today is from the Times of Israel. More good news from the states of America. 
Maryland governor signs order blocking Israel boycotts. Okay. Requests for future bids on state contracts will include language certifying that a company has not engaged in a boycott of Israel. The governor also said that he is asking the state pension system to divest itself of companies who have participated in the movement known as BDS, which is Boycott, Divest, and Sanctions. Boycotts uh, based on religion, national origin, ethnicity, or place of residence are discriminatory, and contracting with businesses that practice discrimination would make the state a passive participant in private sector commercial discrimination. Maryland is home to more than 30 Israeli businesses. Exports between Maryland and Israel reached a record high in 2015 with more than $145 million in export products. 23 states now, almost half of them, have enacted laws or issued executive orders banning state business with companies that support boycotts. So you have the BDS movement. It comes out and they says we're going to boycott, divest, and uh, sanction against Israel. And the United States has come in a giant way and completely turn the uh, tables on that particular issue. And I'm very proud of the states that are doing this, and I hope to see more in the year ahead. But 23 of the states are now supporting the nation of Israel, the only democracy in the Middle East, and our greatest ally, probably along with Japan. Okay, I would say that maybe those are our two largest allies. But uh, let's see here from uh, England, of course, and, you know, uh, we got some other good allies. But uh, I, I uh, just in how we operate with Japan – they're very close as allies. They have no uh, – they have a Japanese self-defense force only. They don't have their own ability to defend themselves. We are their defender. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's a war, they are obligated to not um, participate in certain things. And their constitution was written basically by um, – what was his name? Uh, MacArthur. And uh, because of that, we have very, very close and intimate ties with Japan, but Israel as well. Let's see here. From the time of Israel, blogs – this is something that no matter what I say, somebody's going to be upset at my comments and they will, you know, stop watching this prophecy update. But that doesn't bother me. I, uh, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, first, I'll read the article and I'll give just a few comments. Martin Luther paved the way for the Holocaust. Um, this is a very long article. I just took out a couple pertinent parts. Yet a shocking part of Luther's legacy seems to have slipped through the cracks of the collective memory along the way. His vicious anti-Semitism and its horrific consequences for the Jews and for Germany itself. At first, Luther was convinced the Jews would accept the truth of Christianity and convert. Okay, uh, Since they did not, he later followed in his treatise on the Jews and their lies, which was dated 1543, that their synagogues or schools should be set fire to in honor of our Lord and of Christendom so that God might see that we are Christian. He advised that the houses of Jews be razed and destroyed, their prayer books and Talmudic writings, and all cash and treasure of silver and gold be taken from them. They should receive no mercy or kindness, given no legal protection, and drafted into forced labor or expelled. He also claimed that Christians who did not slay them were at fault. Luther thus laid part of the basic anti-Semitic groundwork for his Nazi descendants to carry out the Shoah. Indeed, Julius Streicher, editor of the anti-Semitic Nazi magazine Der Strumer, commented during the Nuremberg Tribunal that Martin Luther could have been tried in his place. Okay, now, no matter what I say, somebody's going to be upset about this. But first off, Israel was dispersed for a reason. 
they were dispersed the first time in, uh, aid, I'm sorry, uh, the Babylonian exile. Um, they went to Babylon for 70 years. Okay, That was something that was a result of their misdeeds in the land of Israel. It was told in advance that it would occur. Okay, The second time they were exiled was in A.D. 70. And once again, that was because of disobedience to the Lord. Okay, specifically, as we saw in the Day of Atonement uh, sermons, it was because they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so you can't blame anything that has happened to Israel over the years on anybody but Israel. The Bible says that. If you disagree with that, read Leviticus chapter 26. Okay, we're going to be there in another couple months. We're going to be in Leviticus 26. It is the, the um, passage on blessings and curses. If you do this, you will be blessed. If you don't do this, I will curse you. Okay, it is in the first person from the Lord himself. He speaks directly to Israel. I, I, I. I will take you. I will pursue you. I will destroy you. The, you know, the sky over you will be bronze and the iron, the uh, land beneath your feet will be iron. You won't be able to do anything. And he goes into great detail of what he would do to Israel. And if you follow the book of Lamentations, it follows very precisely with what happened to Israel based on what the Lord promised. Deuteronomy 28 repeats these things. It is in the second person. Moses speaking to the people of Israel, saying in the second person, the Lord will do this to you, and the Lord will do that to you. Okay, So you need to read those, and you need to understand that if Israel was obedient, nothing would have happened to them. They would have remained in the land, and it would have been forever. The Lord does not break his promises. Secondly, if they had not crucified the Lord, they did crucify the Lord. If they had repented of that, as it says in the Bible in the book of Acts, they would have been spared. They did not. Jesus gave them the sign of Jonah, okay? The sign of Jonah is not him going into the grave for three days and three nights. The sign of Jonah was yet 40 days and Israel, um, Nineveh will be destroyed, okay? That is the sign, and it was fulfilled literally a day for a year, just as signs always are in the Bible, a day for a year that um, they would be exiled once again, destroyed and exiled, and that occurred exactly according to Jesus' words, Okay, now having said that, what Martin Luther said was completely wrong. What he wrote in there may have been an impetus for um, the uh, Nazis and all of the other bad things that happened to the Jews. And he was incorrect in saying what he said. We're not to kill people because they don't believe in Jesus. We're not to follow that avenue of, of, uh, you know, Christianity. That's like going back to the Crusades and all the things that happened there. So we have two things that are going on. Both sides are in the wrong. I will say this, though, that if Martin Luther was saved, he was saved. There's, you do not lose your salvation. Israel is not a salvific issue. If I support Israel or if I do not support Israel, it doesn't affect my salvation at all. My salvation comes by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the blood of Christ alone. So people need to process these things more carefully, and this was obviously a Jewish person that wrote that, and so he's looking at it from outside of Christianity in the first place, and all he's looking at is the fact that Christians came against Jews, but he is not looking at the self-inflicted wound which occurred because they rejected their Lord, okay, and this is something both sides need to come to a understanding of this, and it's not going to end yet, because as it says in the book of Zechariah, two thirds of the nation of Israel is going to be destroyed. They are going to die during the tribulation period. Okay. The Lord would not allow that to happen if they were his nation and they were in obedience to him. Okay. Our job as Christians is to proselytize 
everybody. We are to tell about Jesus Christ. That is our one main thing as Christians to do, is to proselytize and to tell them about this saving grace that comes through the shed blood of Christ. Okay, Everything else that we do should be based on that. So Martin Luther was wrong, but the Jews are also wrong. We have to keep these things in proper perspective. If you disagree with what I just said, I don't care. I will not change my view on Scripture at all. And I will tell you that um, Israel, all Israel will be saved. That means all of them that make it through the tribulation period. Okay, that is going to happen. Romans 9 through 11 gives us the assurance that they will again someday be in the grace of God and they will be as a nation, the people of God once again. That's going to be after the rapture of the church. It is explained very carefully and uh, read Romans 9 through 11. Read your whole Bible. Read it many times. And I don't know how anybody can come to any other conclusion in the world than that the church has not replaced Israel. Israel is Israel. They will always be Israel. I support Israel not because they're right with the Lord, but because the Lord has sovereignly and miraculously placed them back in the land, and they will stay there. They will not be uprooted again. Go read the very last verse of the book of Amos, and it says that. says, the Lord your God. He signed that. They will not be uprooted again, but they will go through a great trial in the process. Okay, on we go. Jerusalem Post. Senator Cruz, Ted Cruz, pushing resolution confirming Jewish connection to Israel. This is in uh, kickback to the United Nations, which has just done everything to hide the fact that Israel belongs there and that they have a history there. Senator uh, Ted Cruz introduced the to the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations a resolution affirming the historical connection of the Jewish people to the ancient and sacred city of Jerusalem and condemning efforts at UNESCO to deny Judaism's millennial-old historical, religious, and cultural ties to Jerusalem. One, it recognizes and affirms the historical connection of the Jewish people to the ancient and sacred city of Jerusalem. Two, it recognizes and affirms that the archaeological discoveries from the city of David, the site of ancient Jerusalem, present undeniable scientific evidence of the millennial old connection of Jerusalem to the Jewish people, and by extension to Christianity. This is one thing that people forget, is by UNESCO denying the Jewish roots of um, Israel— it is also denying the right of Christians to claim that they descend from this faith that began in Israel, and it's saying that we have no basis for our faith. It is an implicit attack against Christianity, although it is a direct attack against uh, the uh, Jewish people and their heritage, okay? And I'm glad they put that in there, because we have a right to our heritage. Jesus did not walk up to the Al-Aqsa Mosque and pray. He walked up to the temple in Jerusalem. It was a Jewish temple on a Jewish temple mount, but people seem to forget that type of thing. Anyway, um, three, it commends the government of Israel for protecting the freedoms of all faiths in Jerusalem, including Jews, Christians, and Muslims, which they do. They protect the faith of everybody there. People of all faiths serve in the armed forces if they want to. They're not obligated to, but they can, and they get the same treatment as everybody else, ensuring their access to holy sites so that they may worship freely. Four, it condemns any past, present, or future efforts at UNESCO to delegitimize Israel through attempts to rewrite and deny the history of Jerusalem. Good job. And five, it encourages the United States to continue working with allies to prevent UNESCO from passing biased and unjust anti-Israel resolutions in the future. 
We pulled out of UNESCO. Israel pulled out of UNESCO. You saw all that in the uh, prophecy update, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. But uh, these are important things that he has proposed. I cannot see this not passing in the United States Senate. They voted 100 to nothing on, uh, you know, their uh, support of Israel recently. This is just another, you know, support of them. So this will pass. But I'm glad that he has taken this step. And then from Tablet Mag, okay, this is something that tells you partially why Israel is not right with the Lord and partially why Israel is going to go through the tribulation period, which I just went in all that great detail explaining it. Listen to this. Prominent Israeli politician. Prominent Israeli politician. This is a member of the Knesset. This is like a, a you know, a person in our Congress, okay? Families are bad for kids. Yes. Appearing on Australian TV, Marav Mikhaeli, a member of the Knesset with the Labor Party, which means he's a Democrat, which doesn't surprise me at all. And one of Israel's most prominent politicians called the traditional nuclear family inherently unsafe for children and advocated for the state, the state to make all parenting decisions. The total custody that we have in the structure of marriage, which still gives men complete domination over their children and too often over the women who are called wives, is part of the ongoing hurt of children. The answer is breaking apart the traditional family and instead having a state-run mechanism that decided who gets custody of children. Mikhaili emphasized that biological parents should receive no special preference and how children should be raised. During the interview, she noted that biological advantage of straight people to reproduce violates equality. Can you imagine that, that mental minuscule that is a member of the Knesset? This, it's just like listening to a Democrat in the United States Congress. It's exactly the same thing. But this is the type of person that they have put into their Knesset, showing that somebody voted her in there, and that shows you why they will be going through the tribulation period, because they're not holding to any of the uh, laws of God, much less the Christian of faith, which, you know, they rejected. So please keep these things in mind. Don't be, I support Israel once again, because God has placed them in the land, not because they are right with the Lord. I do not support them blindly and neither should anybody else, but that's become fashionable recently. It's become fashionable to support people without calling them on the carpet for the things they do wrong. And we should not do that. Now, Christian news. I want to say something that brought me literally to tears as I was sitting at my computer this week. I mentioned Isaac and his ministry in Africa a few weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And I said, um, please, you know, if anybody would help uh, send money to the GoFundMe account to establish a a, uh, school over there. And as I said, somebody, a person in America helped him by establishing a GoFundMe account in order to um, do this. Because otherwise, you've got to send it Western Union. And it's $10 every time you send something. And that's the only way they could do this. Well, um, as I said a week ago, they were up to 800 of the um, uh, $8,000 that they needed. And I was so grateful. And somebody stepped in this week and donated $7,120. And that school is fully funded, and it will be built. And I, I cannot believe that people would listen from a little church in Sarasota, Florida, and be willing to do this. And I sat there weeping in front of my computer when I saw that. 
how good people are to do this. And it's not a numbers thing. This person obviously had enough money to do it. But every person that helped, they gave $20 or $100. They gave what they could. And this is now fully funded. And I got in the mail this week a letter from somebody. They did not. uh, They put in some money, and they did not give me a return address. Um, So I can't send their money back. But I am going to send that money directly to uh, Isaac, and I'm going to add in a contribution with it so that uh, there'll be more. Because as I say, it's 10 bucks every time you send something. But um, um, I just want the people to know that sent this, that it will go to him, but it won't go directly to the school. He's got all kinds of other stuff he does. He gives pigs to local people. He's got a piggery project. He gives Bibles out. He helps people with finances. He helps people with so many things. This is an indigenous, he's a native African, and he is doing this for his people, and he is tireless. He is a tireless servant of the Lord, and I'm so thankful that people were willing to do this. And that school is, let's say a prayer to the Lord. Heavenly Father, it is so, so wonderful that people are willing to come together and to help out others when they have an idea of glorifying you. And in this school, it will be a Christian school run with Christian values, and it will be honoring of you. We ask that you prosper it. And if you come tomorrow, it doesn't make any difference in what happened today. If the school is never completed, that doesn't matter. What matters is the intent behind their hearts and behind the motivation of the people that gave and the people that are willing to build this school and to see it through. So we ask that you prosper it and that these children will grow into wonderful, beautiful people of the Lord who are willing to go out into their own mission fields and their own pastorates and minister to others throughout the generations until you come, be it a day or a thousand years from now. And we praise you, Lord. You are so good to us. We thank you for what happened this past week. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, wonderful stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wonderful stuff. Second thing um, uh, to uh, let you know is that I said that we have the Balfour Declaration is 100 years old. Well, in two days, on the 31st of October, we have um, the 500th anniversary of Reformation Day when Martin Luther reformed, or actually he wasn't, you know, he was behind the Reformation, but you've got, you know, Wycliffe, he was the morning star of the Reformation. He took and translated the Bible out of, into English, out of the uh, original languages. And, um, you know, he was later dug up by one of the popes and they burned him in, uh, you know, burned his bones and they, they condemned him after he was dead for a long time. But, you know, crazy stuff they do. But um, uh, Martin Luther, what he did is he was a, uh, monk in the uh, Catholic Church, and he was all he did with his ninety-five thesis is he's, he took it and he uh, nailed it to the wall at Wittenberg, and um, it was in Latin. It was never intended to be what it came out to be. He did it in Latin as a challenge to the other school people and the people within the Catholic Church to debate what needed to be corrected. And instead, somebody took those ninety-five thesis and they translated it into German. And then it took off. It took off like unbelievable. So that's the history of what happened there. And um, 500 years later, we are still in need of reforming. I mean, it's something that never ends. You want to continuously go back to the fountain. You want to go back to the fountain. It is. Uh, I saw a very interesting video that somebody sent me a day ago um, that it is expected that the Pope will probably issue some type of an edict on uh, the 31st, saying that the Reformation is over, that we agree on justification by faith alone, and because of that, there is no need for a Reformation. We are now one in the body. 
This is something they did do. The Lutherans uh, in Germany came up and they agreed with the Pope and they said that um, this is our stand on justification and the Catholic Church agreed with it even though the canons of the Council at Trent are still on the books. So they've said one thing in this writing, but they still have the, the canons in effect, which say they're not justified by faith, etc. So that's one problem. But there's another problem. Even if they agree on justification by faith alone in Jesus Christ's shed blood alone, there are many other things that we don't agree on. For example, the word of God. What is the source of our faith? Is it sola scriptura or is it um, the church interpreting and issuing edicts because the Catholic Church is the final authority. They say they have the final authority over the Word of God, not from the Word of God. And there are many issues like this. The Lord's Table, how do we look at that? Do we believe in transubstantiation or do we believe in, you know, spiritual, uh, uh, you know, presence of the Lord? Do we believe in, like, the the Lutheran's consubstantiation, or do we say that it's simply um, symbolic of the body and the blood of the Lord? Well, these things are issues that will never go away. And to say that we are united with the Catholic Church is incorrect. We have to have a ultimate standard, and it's either the Church or it is the Word of God, and we must stand on the Word of God. Jesus stood on it. Every single word. He stood on every single word of this word, and all the way from Genesis to Revelation, you will find that the Word of God is a self-validating document, and nothing can be added into it. Nothing can be changed in it, okay? So we need to make sure that we have our doctrine correct on that. Anyway, mail online. Okay, this is the United Kingdom. Now schools are ditching A.D. and B.C., Anno Domini and um, Before Christ in Religious Education Lessons to avoid offending non-Christians, okay? Traditional terms B.C. and A.D. are being ditched for B.C.E. and C.E., which is happening all over the world, but this is now right in England. New terms still denote the periods before and after the birth of Christ. Local authority committees drawing up religious education syllabus to say old terms may upset minorities or non-believers. Big whoop. Okay, from um, Money Magazine. This one, I was so upset when I read this that I talked about it in the Bible class as well, but this really, really upset me. And uh, there's a reason why I will explain it after I read it, because you'll think, what's so bad about that? Bill O'Reilly, mad at God over sexual misconduct allegations. You know, I am mad at God. Yeah, I'm mad at him, O'Reilly said on the latest episode of his web series, No Spin News. I wish I had more protection. I wish this stuff didn't happen. I can explain it to you. Yeah, I'm mad at him. He said of his adversaries, if they could literally kill me, they would. Now, as most people agreed in the Bible class, it's okay to be angry at God if you're doing it in your heart. Lord, I, I, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. My, my life is tanking. I've got all these problems, and I'm venting. You may even do it to a close friend. But when you say that you have this certain faith, he's a Catholic, and you say this is what I hold to, and you tell all of the people of the world that you're mad at him, that leaves a very bad stain on the name of whatever faith you are uh, proclaiming. Secondly, Bill O'Reilly put himself into the news media. It was a voluntary action, okay? People will love to blame God when something bad happens. I used an example yesterday. Somebody, I was talking to him, and I said, you know what, Uh, Tommy goes out skiing, and Tommy gets run over by the boat and dies. And the whole family is mad at God because Tommy died. Well, who went out skiing? Who took the chance of going out there? Should we say, should God put us in a bubble and say, you can't do anything? Because if you do anything, you could die? 
No, he gives us the free will to do things. People go, you know, jumping off of bridges with ropes and the ropes break and they get scrunched. And I mean, these things happen, right? He was given free will to go into the media business. And the media business is brutal. It's brutal. What did he expect? That people are going to just say he's got these conservative opinions and they're not going to fight against him? And my example is exactly the same, except for from my perspective. I pastor a little church in Sarasota, Florida. By God's grace alone, it goes out around the world. And there are people all over the world that see what I say, and many, many, many of them disagree with me. And when they do, they attack me. And it is brutal. I don't sleep at night over these things. I take it personally when somebody argues over minutia, over little things, and they say it's a heresy, when they don't even know what the word heresy means. A heresy is something that is salvific in nature. If I say something that will keep somebody from being saved, that's a heresy. If we disagree on mid-trib rapture or pre-trib rapture, that is not a heresy. That has nothing to do with salvation. It may be bad doctrine, but it's not heresy. And people will get all over you. They attack you. They accuse you of things. I'm the one that put myself in this position, right? If I don't like it, I can turn off the camera and I can preach to the few people in this church. And if they give me heck, then I can walk out the door and say I'm not preaching anymore. This is our choice to stand up and say that I am mad at God because I got sued for $30 million by some females that accused me, knowing that it was going to happen. We need to have a strong, proper testimony of our faith in Jesus Christ always, always. So please keep that in mind. I wanted to highlight that because every one of us does get angry at God or we get upset or we get hurt, but we need to have our words not affect other people. See our testimony, please, okay? From Christian Headlines, Australia churches vandalized by gay marriage supporters ahead of legalization vote. This was not unexpected, okay? Several churches in Australia were vandalized by same-sex marriage supporters. Such conflicts have become increasingly frequent in Australia as the country is in the midst of deciding whether or not to legalize same-sex marriage. Two churches in Melbourne were graffitied. Those who perpetrated the vandalism called those who hold to traditional views of marriage bigots who should be crucified. So who is it that's on the attack? Who is it that's in the wrong? The very thing that they're accusing other people of are the people that are doing the thing. It's always the attack from the left. They take these things and they turn them around for their own benefit, not realizing that they're doing exactly what they say we're doing. We have a value. We have a value based on our moral compass. And our moral compass is based on the word of God. And for us to violate that would be wrong. Okay, that's just the way it is. If people disagree with us, they don't have to say that we need to be crucified, but this is how the left operates. The perpetrators also drew swastikas on the churches. Also, a woman who supports a traditional view of marriage received death threats, and another Christian woman lost her job because she expressed her opposition to changing the definition of marriage. Same thing in Australia that's happening everywhere else in the world. Very sad. And from Christian Post, Christian persecution hits all-time worldwide high. So if you're a Christian, expect more of it. If you're willing to stand on your faith, expect even more of it. And if you're going to, one of you wants to be a pastor or a teacher, you start your own church, expect more of it. It is going to increase. It's not going to decrease. From Islam today, from the Times of Israel, I've got almost everything on Hamas here, what's been happening. I just want to give you a snapshot of what's going on You have the Palestinian Authority. You have Hamas. They are talking about reconciling. This is needed in order for there to be agreements with Israel, a peace treaty and all of this, and I want you to know where this is going right now. 
senior Hamas delegation arrives in Tehran for talks. Iran has got their finger in every pie in the Middle East, including Hamas, which is, you know, one of the two branches of people that are working against Israel in the land of Israel. A high-ranking Hamas delegation began to visit Iran to inform its backers in Tehran about reconciliation efforts with rival Palestinian faction Fatah, an official from the terror group said. Now, that was on Monday, I believe, that, that that actually occurred. Going on, Times of Israel. Iran praises Hamas for sticking to armed struggle against Israel. Okay? A top aide to Iranian Supreme Leader Al-Khamenei praised Hamas for not abandoning its struggle against Israel during a meeting with the terror group's visiting delegation in Tehran. We congratulate you for declaring that you will not set aside your weapons for describing it as your red line. Okay? Why not? Hamas deputy hopes Iran will continue aiding their resistance. So we have them saying, you've aided us, you've been sending us weapons, you've been, you know, we know where it's coming from, we know who is the perpetrator behind it, and they're asking for that to continue. He says, um, Hamas deputy leader Saleh al-Arouri said during his visit to Tehran that the terrorist group hopes to continue to receive Iran's support in their resistance against Israel and vowed they will never disarm, rejecting Israeli preconditions for any talks. That is a precondition with Israel, and they say they're not going to do it. So the talks are dead, okay? Whatever is going to be, we have a president who wrote the book, The Art of the Deal, and he's a very good deal maker, isn't he? He's pulled himself out of the fire several times, and he's um, now he's a president for crying out loud. He is an art, a man of a deal. But we have to remember that the one that makes this deal will not be President Trump. It will be the Antichrist, okay? The Antichrist is the one that's going to do this deal. This is out of reach of the master of the art of the deal at this time. It's something that it, it, it's going to be a very complicated thing. How it's going to happen, I don't know, but it is going to happen. The Bible says, Daniel nine twenty four through 27 says it's coming. So um, we'll go on. The main and primary benefactor supporting the Is al-Din al-Qassam brigades in developing their capabilities, whether through knowledge or assistance, is Iran, al-Ori openly stated at a meeting with the Iranian parliament speaker al-Larijani in Tehran. We hope this will continue until the occupation, meaning Israel, is defeated. Memo. This is from the memo. Trump's peace envoy conditions... Fakistanian reconciliation on disarming Hamas. So we have said it as well as Israel. If Hamas disarms, we can move forward. If they do not, and they've said in three articles, we are not moving forward. We are not disarming. Okay, from Ynet, here we go again. Hamas leader Sinwar. Hamas will never recognize Israel. Okay, that's another one of the preconditions. Not only disarming, they must recognize their right to exist. They say we will never do it. Hamas leader in the Gaza Strip, Yahya Sinwar, stressed that the terror organization's disarmament was off the table and that in has no intention of recognizing the state of Israel. Gone is the time in which Hamas discussed recognition of Israel. The discussion now is about when we will wipe out Israel. From the Times of Israel, Iran's Revolutionary Guards vow to step up fight against Israel. This is the Iranian Guards, the uh, their military force in Iran are talking about coming against Israel. Iran's powerful revolutionary guards threatened a relentless fight against Israel a day after the United States urged the international community to confront Tehran over its destructive conduct across the Middle East. 
We will continue the relentless fight against the hegemonic system and Zionism more resolutely and powerfully than before. And we will not hesitate a moment in defending the Islamic revolutionary and country's national interests, the IRGC said in a statement published by the semi-official Fars News Agency. The armed forces made similar comments earlier on Thursday in a statement that also blamed the Zionist regime, along with the White House, for implementing devastating policies in the region. You talk about the, what is it, the uh, kettle calling, the, uh, what, yeah. what, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, they are the offenders in everything on this planet. They are, they are, and then they say that here, these other people that are just trying to have peace are the offenders. Um, from our Shiva, Hamas leader, our differences with Iran are history. So you can see how the week has developed, and they're finally saying, it's all behind us. We have no differences with them anymore. The visit of the Hamas delegation to Iran appears to mark the end of the disconnect between the sides, which began when Hamas refused to support Syrian President Assad, a close ally of Iran's, in the uprising against him. An angry Iran then reportedly stopped supplying the terror group with weapons. However, Hamas leader Ismail Haniyeh thanked Iran for its unlimited support for the Al-Qassam brigades and its contribution to the development of Hamas's military capabilities, an indication that the rift was over. The delegation's visit to Tehran also shows that the group is blatantly ignoring Israel's demand that it cut off ties with Tehran or Israel will not recognize any unity Fakistinian government. So it's not going to happen at this time. They are adamant about this, and uh, any proposed peace plan is going to have to wait until there are major, major changes. Like I say, it's probably Gog Magog, and as Bob was talking about before um, the uh, update today, uh, what is coming will be sudden destruction on the world. Things will probably develop after that, but all we can do is just wait and see how things go. From Zero Hedge, totally off the uh, Hamas subject, Terror cases in Germany quadruple in one year. What did they expect? What do you think? What did they expect? You invite a snake into your house and the snake is going to bite you, right? Prosecutors have opened more than 900 cases so far this year compared with just 240 in 2016. And the year isn't even over, right? And 80 cases in 2013. So they went from 80 to 240 to 900 and we still have two months to go. Now think this through. What they need to do, obviously, is bring in more immigrants because it hasn't solved the problem yet, right? Oh, yeah, they need more, and then they'll get this taken care of. Germany's federal police estimates 705 Islamist extremists willing to carry out terror attacks are active in the country. So they know this. They have 705 extremists that want to blow the country up. Okay, that's up from 600 in February. Germany's domestic intelligence agency recently said about 24,400 Islamists are active in the country, but most of them don't pose any immediate terror threat. Will you believe that? Explaining the word immediate as anything within the next 24-hour period. I added that last one in, okay? Yeah, that was me. But that's what they expect. They say there's no immediate threat. Well, what about tomorrow? 24,000 people are avowed Islamists. They want to destroy the nation that they are in. Invite in the snake, the snake bites. Mongolia today. Times Live. Ten climbers. This is really sad. Ten climbers dead after an avalanche in Mongolia. Ten climbers who ignored a ban on ascending Mongolia's Mount Oat-Gontinger have been killed by an avalanche while seven others are still missing. That's why they had this ban, and they ignored it. Yeah. 
Okay, the Mongolian nationals have uh, been missing since Sunday after reaching the peak of the 13,192-foot mountain. The bodies were found at a lower altitude of 3,400 meters. Okay, so they went down a long way. Okay, according to the uh, agency, the group was made up of four women and 13 men aged 30 to 50, and it is unclear who among them is still missing. A separate team of 10 climbers managed to make it down the mountain safely. Ot Gontinger is a popular destination for climbing tourism, boasting the country's most extensive granite wall. Just four other climbers have died since the 1960s. The Environment Ministry in 2015 banned climbing for safety reasons. Well, there you go. No safety there. From Daniel 12 Technology today. Um, Everybody know what CRISPR is? It's a DNA sequence in bacteria. Okay, you have to understand that. It's kind of an acronym for something. So they take the word CRISPR and they use it at the beginning of this article as a pun. So as long as you know that CRISPR means um, a DNA sequence, you'll get the pun. Okay, NPR. CRISPR bacon. Chinese scientists create genetically modified low-fat pigs. So they're taking CRISPR and saying crispier. Okay, there you go. There's the pun. It may sound like a contradiction in terms, low-fat pigs, but that's exactly what Chinese scientists have created using new genetic engineering techniques. The scientists reported that they have created 12 healthy pigs with about 24% less body fat than normal. Scientists created low-fat pigs in hopes of providing pig farmers with animals that would be less expensive to raise and would suffer less in cold weather. Interesting. This is a big issue for the pig industry. The animals have less body fat because they have a gene that allows them to regulate body temperatures better by burning fat. That could save farmers millions of dollars in heating and feeding costs, as well as prevent millions of piglets from suffering and dying in cold weather, meaning more deliciousness for all. Okay, I added in the last sentence again. From newscom.au, which is Australia, um, Vladimir Putin says genetically modified super soldiers are worse than a nuclear bomb. This is Putin. He's the president of Russia, and they're making all kinds of waves. Um, he says it could be a reality. Putin revealed that uh, scientists are close to breaking the genetic code, which would enable them to create a human with pre-designed characteristics. Putin warned of the consequences of playing God with man's genetic code. He said a man has the opportunity to get into the genetic code created by either nature or, as religious people would say, by the God. All kinds of practical consequences may follow. One may imagine that a man can create a man not only theoretically, but also practically. He can be a genius mathematician, a brilliant musician, or a soldier, or a man who can fight without fear, compassion, regret, or pain. What I have just described might be worse than a nuclear bomb. Last month, Putin revealed he is afraid humans in the future will be hunted and eaten alive by flesh-munching robots. So I don't know what he's thinking there, but that's how the, the article ends. Is that he's worried about flesh-munching robots, but here he's talking about genetically art, uh, art manufactured humans. So a little craziness going on in his mind, which tells us that there may be a little instability in the head of Gog Magog, right? Anyway, from the tablet, this is something I reported on in May about the DNA of Jewish people may be telling who is Jewish and who is not. Well, that has now been introduced to the rabbis. And because that's the case, this may now happen. All right, here, genetic tests may soon tell you if you are really Jewish. 
a halachic institute in Jerusalem published a collection of rabbinic opinions ruling that it is scientifically possible to determine whether someone is a Jew based on a DNA test. As nearly half of all Ashkenazi Jews can trace their lineage via a particular genetic mark to four women who emigrated from the Middle East to Europe about 1,000 years ago, chances are high, statistically speaking, that anyone able to prove that they are the offspring of those four mothers is Jewish, according to Halakha. If the new ruling is adopted by Israel's chief rabbinate, it might free thousands of Jews, including many who emigrated from the former Soviet Union, of the burdens of having to prove their Judaism by going through a lengthy conversion process. If other scientists and rabbis endorse the new ruling, the age-old question of who's a Jew may soon be answered with an app. Interesting. Okay, we'll see where that goes. Revelation Plagues from the LA Times. Fire loss total surges to 8,400 structures in Northern California. Mass devastation. From the sun, deadly outbreak of plague in Madagascar is getting worse. More than 100 have been killed and 1,300 infected with the pneumonic plague since August, leading UK authorities to warn Brits off of visiting the African wildlife paradise. And now health officials are warning things will get even worse before they get better. Health officials say the disease has now become more contagious because it is now being transmitted from person to person through the air, as well as from animals to humans through infected flea bites. This year, plague arrived earlier than expected, and the infection is also spreading in urban centers and in areas that until now had not been affected. Normally, people who catch the plague live in poor areas, but people in every place in society are catching the disease. The country reports between 300 and 600 cases of bubonic plague each year, equal to 80% of the world's total cases. So they may outdo it this year, and it may actually become very bad because it's spreading human to human. Times of Israel. Drastically falling insect numbers could cause ecological Armageddon. Now, you know that the book of Revelation says, um, what is it, a a quart of wheat for a a denarius for a quart of wheat or two quarts of barley. Anyway, um, barley being the lesser grain, wheat being the better. So you have a choice. I can eat the better grain with a day's wages or I can feed my whole family with the lesser grain on a day's wages. Well, here's how some of it may come about. Researchers in Germany. So this is a European area. Researchers in Germany have documented a dramatic decline in flying insects at dozens of nature reserves in the past three decades that they say could lead to an ecological Armageddon, and agricultural pesticides may be to blame. Flying insects in general have decreased by more than three-quarters across Germany since 1989. Researchers are concerned because insects are important pollinators and also a key part of the food chain, serving as meals for birds and other small creatures. Insects make up about two-thirds of all life on Earth, but there has been some kind of horrific decline. We appear to be making vast tracts of land inhospitable to most forms of life and are currently on course for ecological Armageddon. If we lose the insects, then everything is going to collapse. Interesting stuff there. We'll see what happens because uh, you can't do without insects. You can't do without them with the pollination. You can't do without them in the food chain itself. So... We are, we're really close to the end times. I honestly believe this. Morality. Independent. 
whether you agree with this publication or not, this is about as perverse as it gets, in my opinion. Playboy features its first transgender playmate. I, I, I can't even imagine where this world has gone. I can't even imagine. From KTLA5, Governor Brown, not to be outdone by Oregon, right? Oregon, it's a gun. Anyway, um, people out there say Oregon, they, they correct you. It's Oregon. And I always say Oregon because I grew up on this coast. Anyway, um, Governor Brown signs into law non-binary gender option for California driver's licenses and birth certificates. So now when somebody's born, you can put whatever on there. You don't have to be a boy or a girl. You can be whatever you want. Same thing with your driver's license. You go in and you say, I'm a... You know, I'm from Rigel 5 or something. They got to put it down. Okay, um, Fox News. California. I, what are they thinking? I, I, just, I, I just don't understand it. You know, we got wonderful people that attend online from California, and they say it, it's almost embarrassing to live out there, to have to put up with the policies that are being forced on these people. All right, well, come on over. Move to Sarasota, Florida, and, and we'll, you, we've got lots of empty chairs here. You can fill up the church, okay? From uh, Fox News, challenge to California's prostitution ban may precede judges' rule. So they want to do away with the prostitution ban. A three-judge panel of the Ninth Circus Court in San Francisco said the plaintiff's legal challenge against the ban may proceed. The plaintiffs say the current law violates the right to engage in consensual sex, as described in a 2003 SCOTUS ruling that revoked criminal laws against gay sexual acts. So because it revoked it against gays, now prostitutes say that it's unfair to us. Okay? Why should it be illegal to sell something that it's legal to give away? Judge Carlos Bia asked. Yeah, this is one of the judges. Imagine that. So Judge Consuelo Callahan seconded, saying prostitution like gay sex had been subject to moral disapproval. Oh, because the Supreme Court case dealt with individual rights, the right to prostitution could be a natural extension of Supreme Court precedent. Well, they don't seem to understand that prostitution is harmful, especially to young girls that are taken into prostitution by pimps. They do, are done forcefully. It's harmful to women, and it's always been known that it is. It's not just the people that say, I want to go out and make some money. It's the people that say, I'm going to go out and make some money by taking other people's humanity away from them. That's the problem, and they have completely forgotten that. And remember now, they can't go out and arrest prostitutes anymore the way that uh, that article I did a few months ago. And so now these girls that are being held as prostitute slaves are stuck. They can't do anything. California is insane. I'm talking about the government, not the people, you know, the the, the normal people, the church people there. I'm talking about the, the government and the people that elected them and put them in office. I can't understand how they, how degrading they are of the human person that God has made in his image, and now we're just degrading it down to almost nothing. From the Times, this is the United Kingdom, coming soon to an America near you. It's not women who get pregnant, it's people. Yes, this is new government policy. The government has said the term pregnant women should not be used in a UN treaty because it excludes transgender people. The statement comes in Britain's official submission on proposed amendments to the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, to which the United Kingdom has been a signatory since 1976. The UN Treaty says pregnant women must be protected, including not being subjected to the death penalty. Yet, in the Foreign and Commonwealth Office submission, Britain opposes the term 
pregnant women because it may exclude transgender people who have given birth. The suggested term is pregnant people. We're in the twilight zone. We've gone completely out of any sense of normalcy. Our other category. Here's another one. This happened just a couple days ago. Four days ago. Communism is 100 years old from October 25th, Red October. Okay. Where is Communist Party today? Democrat Party of the United States of America. Remember I read that uh, several, a year or so ago, I read that one congressman read into the congressional records the testimony of that FBI agent that said all of the agenda that the Communist Party was going to bring in to America. He did that in 1963, and every single point that he read into the congressional record, the Democrat Party of the United States of America has pursued word for word, item for item. That's history. It's right in the congressional record. And they have done it one after another. The Democrat Party of the United States is alive and well as a communist entity. Okay, and a second thing about this week, which was very, very interesting, JFK files were released. We have a president that is sticking to his word, and he is not tolerating. Remember when he went in and he started appointing his cabinet secretaries? Every single cabinet secretary that he selected was opposed to the cabinet that they were appointed to. The girl that's in charge of girl. Oh, that's not PC. That's uh, in charge of the uh, you know the schooling, the the board of education. She wants it done away with, right? The CIA guy. He they put him in. He wants to do away with the CIA. That was one of the things he said. The deep state is apoplectic over this. Well, guess what? They did not want all of these files released. They prove America's culpability in what happened. They hid things. Go read it. It's all right out there on the news. You can read the article. Zero Hedge did a great article on it a couple days ago. The number of bullets it actually hit, proving that there were more than one shooter. Everything. It's all out there now. They wanted certain things held or redacted. And for a couple days, he said, we're going to consider it. He considered it and he released them. We have a president that is really doing the right thing. And he may not survive this presidency because people will want him out next. Right? We'll see. I pray that doesn't happen. We have a man that is in our government doing things that are helpful to this country, that is putting this nation first, and he has gotten abuse from every single angle. It's just unbelievable. Very few people are really behind him, supporting him in the way they should be, and praying for him every single day. When you're out cleaning, mowing your lawn, Lord, please protect President Trump. If you're out there like me with a leaf blower, I got two hours every Wednesday morning with a leaf blower. It weighs 65 pounds with gas. It's eight pounds of gas in there because it's a gallon of gas, right? 8.34 pounds per gallon, okay? And so you're walking around. That thing, it vibrates so bad. It's the biggest one made in the world. I said I want the biggest one. I'm tired of messing around with small stuff. It is. It's the largest backpack that you can carry. The next one is the one you have to push on up wheels. And by the time I'm done, I am so physically tired. I have to go home and take a nap. It just beats me to death. But I get done really quickly. Instead of five hours of work, I do it in two. But anyway, while I'm doing that, what am I doing? Oh, Lord, thank you for my wife. All right. Oh, Lord, please take care of President Trump. All right. Thank you for the congregation that attends on at the church and the people online. And I'm praying for people as I'm working. Use your time properly. Right. When you're driving, you've got nothing else to do. Pray. Don't close your eyes. Just pray. Okay. All right. So from Yahoo, residents of shrinking U.S. island reject climate victim label. I don't know if you've heard about these people, but they're trying to keep them quiet. Um, A delegation of Republican climate activists, which is kind of a, uh, why would you want to be a Republican and a climate activist, visited Tangier Island. 
a speck of grassland in Virginia's Chesapeake Bay to try to convince its 450 residents to take climate change seriously. The activist from Republic N, headed by former Republican Congressman Bob Inglis, laid out the stakes. The sea level is rising, and some scientists estimate that within decades, the island, already suffering severe erosion, so it's not the sea level rising, it's erosion, okay, will need to be abandoned. The people of Tangier Island were used to this kind of message. Former President uh, Al Gore had given the same speech to Islanders three days earlier. We'll talk to everybody, said James Eskridge, mayor of the mainly Republican island community, but they're not going to change many minds here. Residents, he said, do not believe in climate change. They want a new seawall to prevent erosion, not a lecture about saving the world with solar panels. Okay, next article. Nobody heard this. This has not been reported anywhere, but you can go right onto the NASA site and you can see it. Okay, it's on NASA site. Zero hedge. NASA confirms falling sea levels for two years amidst media blackout. Falling sea levels. Now, I have lived on Siesta Key for my entire life, except my time in the military and the few times I went to Alaska to mine gold for a few months and I drove around and preached at all 50 capitals. Other than that, I've lived on Siesta Key my whole life. Grandpa moved out there all these years ago and we just haven't left, right? That sea level out back of our house has not raised this much, okay? Not this much. There's no such thing as the sea levels rising. I know. I've been there my whole life and my father was there before me and Nothing has happened. It's exactly where it has always been. Okay, when these islands, what is it? There's climate change at this island up in Virginia and nowhere else, right? I mean, the the sea levels are rising there. It's not happening. We're being fed lies one after another, after another, after another. And people just keep soaking it up. They want to believe that we are the cause. And all it is, and I've said this before, it is an attack against God. He has said that he will never flood the world again. Okay, this goes right back to the Tower of Babel in the same premise there. They disbelieved God and God had to disperse them. And exactly what the Bible proclaimed in Genesis 11, go read it, is what they're proclaiming today. It is the Tower of Babel. It is the one world government. It is united languages. Everything that happened there, we're going to build out in the the plant, uh, the uh, plain of Shinar, this thing so that when God floods the world again, we will be above the flood. That was the premise, okay? We will be like God. We will be up there in heaven, and we won't have to worry about that, okay? And all of the other things that the Lord said in uh, Genesis 11, go watch the sermon. You'll know. It all, it, it is, that which has been will be again. That which has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun, according to Solomon. Ecclesiastes 1.9 and Ecclesiastes 3.15. He repeats himself, okay? Uh, end gadget. Russia hopes to launch its own digital currency, it's coming soon to a world near you. Local news outlets report that communications minister Nikolai Nikiforov has confirmed plans to launch a state-controlled digital currency. While it would use blockchain to decentralize control and improve trust, you reportedly can't mine it. Instead, it, it would be issued and tracked like conventional money. That would theoretically let Russia boost its internet economy without tying the fate of its currency to other countries or third-party brokers. You could readily exchange digital coins for conventional money, although officials would reportedly require proof of origin if you wanted to avoid a 13% tax meant to discourage money laundering and other dirty tricks. Once you got that tax in there, it will be amended to say any exchanges back into regular currency. It is coming, and it is coming very quickly. Okay, Jimmy Carter. 
Jimmy Carter from Breitbart. Two articles on Carter. Jimmy Carter, media have been harder on Trump more than other presidents. Imagine that. He's saying this. He's acknowledging this. Former President Jimmy Carter dished on President Trump in an interview where he said that the media have been a little rough with Trump compared with past presidents. A little rough? Not one good article comes out of the mainstream media for that man. He has saved us billions and hundreds of billions of dollars. He has done great things and not one word of compliment from them. Nothing. It's all negative. It's all bad. These indictments that are coming out by Mueller, they're a complete red herring. You can indict, as G. Gordon Liddy said, you can indict a ham sandwich. You can indict anybody for any reason. It is public perception that matters. They've indicted these people. Even if they haven't done anything wrong, they're guilty. And all of a sudden, all of the media focus is going to be on that again and off of what happened this past week, which is the most important news to come out of the political uh, scene in years, years. And it's all going to be hushed because of this guy saying, we're in trouble now. He knew he was in trouble. We've got to put out some indictments. That's what's happening right here. Okay. Jimmy Carter again, New York Post. Jimmy Carter says that he would travel to North Korea for the Trump administration. Oh, man, we don't want that. Just think of a giant mushroom cloud taking off somewhere in the planet. No, we don't want that. Zero Hedge. This is interesting. Anybody want to be a stewardess or a, oh, that's not PC. Stewardess. Can't say that anymore. Anybody want to be a, what, what would you call him? A flight attendant. Anybody want to be a flight attendant? Okay, it is seven times more difficult to get a flight attendant job at Delta than to enter Harvard. <laughs> wow, imagine that. Yep, yep, it's obviously a very tough field to get into. Okay, I got a less Rick here for you. See what this is about. Miss Michaeli wants kids raised by the state, said to say she is pure reprobate. Doesn't care what God planned, she wants parenting banned. She would rather see man abdicate. Good job there, Les. Okay, got an irony for you. But before I give you the irony, I want to let you know that uh, Sergio and Rhoda's video, again, was tremendous. It was absolutely fantastic. It'll be linked at the end of the, uh, the um, uh, what do you call it, the Prophecy Update. And I usually put the link down below, the, you know, in the comment section as well, just so you have two options. But this is the completion of the Olive Press that we started. They picked the olives last week, and they talk about the, the Olive Press and how you press olives and what the significance from the Bible is. And it is outstanding. If you didn't see it here, because we showed it before, but a lot of you weren't here, Watch it. Very interesting. Okay, uh, two ironies of the week for you. From Mail Online, a man who robbed a store is arrested after he left his wallet at the scene of the crime and returned for it. <laughs> okay, and then from the Metro, um, this, is, this is very ironic. It's not as funny, but it's very ironic. A prominent neo-Nazi comes out as gay and reveals his Jewish heritage. So he was in the wrong business, I'll tell you that. So such is the world we live in. And so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, a church full of grace, all the way to our friend on the left coast in California. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the Week.